0: This is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 161. We're going to take a look at AEW's revolution. We welcome back Pat Ackerman of the lovely intoxicated men to talk Rocket Pro Wrestling Shamrock Showdown, and for the first time as a team, we welcome the freelance underground tag team champions, one-man Dynasty Darius Luttrell, and Prince 100 Carter Hernandez, Pick and Pop. And we've got all that right here on Windy City Slayer Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.TrueHeightsTX.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion and your freelance underground independent champion and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Back here on Windy City Slam and AEW presented Revolution this past Sunday night, March the 5th at the Chase Center in San Francisco. And... We had a whole load of matches, not as many as AEW usually does on their pay-per-views. They actually showed a little bit of a restraint this time. That and you had the hour-long plus main event of MJF and Brian Danielson. On the pre-show, we had Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers defeat Arya Davari and the Varsity Athletes. Main show, we had Ricky Starks pinning Chris Jericho while the Jericho Appreciation Society was banned from ringside. Huge win for Ricky Starks. I had a feeling it was coming. And like I said last week, Chris Jericho, very, very giving. He's a guy that will put talent over, and it doesn't affect him one bit. He's just so damn good. And then we had Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeating Christian Cage in a final burial match. And your trios championship match, the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews defeat the Elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to win the titles, so we have new trios champions. And your AEW Women's World Championship three-way match, Jamie Hayter retains the title, defeating Soraya and Ruby Soho. And after the match, Soho ends up joining Soraya and Storm. Texas Deathmatch with Hangman Adam Page, defeating Jon Moxley via of submission, and maybe a mild surprise having Hangman go over in this type of match, which is probably more of John Moxley's specialty, and yes, we saw plenty of blood in this one. For your AEW TNT Championship, Wardlow defeats Samoa Joe by technical submission, and that's another prediction I nabbed with Wardlow taking home the TNT title. And then we had the four-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, and the guns of Austin and Colton defeat the acclaimed, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, and Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen to retain the titles. But the big news of the night, after the match, FTR returns to AEW. And they have their sights set on the guns. And in your main event, the AEW World Championship, the 60-minute Iron Man match, MJF retains the championship by defeating Brian Danielson four falls to three in sudden death overtime. We're going to talk a little bit more about AEW Revolution and Rocket Pro Wrestling with the lovely intoxicated men's Pat Ackerman. And that's coming up next. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Maven, former WWE superstar. Season one, Tough Enough winner. Make sure you catch windy city slam podcast wherever
1: podcasts are available so windy city slam check it out
0: all right we welcome back once again the lovely intoxicated men's pat ackerman px how are you doing
2: finally px has come back to windy city slam i'm sorry i've just always wanted to do that mike uh i'm doing great how are you
0: I'm excellent. A lot of stuff going on. Let's get into it with you. Uh, Rocket Pro Wrestling Weekend. We had the big show on Saturday. We'll talk about that in just a second. But Sunday night at Hollywood Boulevard in Woodridge, they had a screening of AEW Revolution. And Rocket Pro Wrestling had a presence there as well with some of their stars for a meet and greet. So go ahead and tell me how that went out.
2: So the meet and greet was a blast. Maximus Orion was there. Tom Heisman and Ratchet Flywheel of Youth Gone Wild had a table. Shogun Chris Logan had a table. And as some of you who follow us on our Facebook page uh, know, the LIM had a bit of a run-in with Johnny Nye and Damian Gray. So we had a lot of fun talking with everybody uh, before the AEW pay-per-view taking pictures with stars, taking pictures with, you know, taking pictures for our page and such, and um, just being able to sit back, have a couple drinks with everybody before the show, it was a lot of fun. And the pay-per-view itself was great. A couple highlights is just the level of violence in that Texas death match between Hangman Page and John Moxley. The return of FTR at the end of the fail four-way tag match to confront the Ass Boys, aka the guns. We have new trios champs in the House of Black. Wardlow became the TNT champ by defeating Samoa Joe. But I would say the highlight of the entire pay-per-view was the Iron Man match between MJF and Brian Danielson. Such a great show and such a great experience being able to watch AEW Revolution with the stars of Rocket Pro Wrestling.
0: And MJF, won that in overtime, 4-3 to three over Danielson. So were you pleased with that finish?
2: I mean, I'll be honest. I am an MJF guy. You know, um, he is better than me. I know it. <laughs> and, you know, I anytime I see one of his matches, I have to put on my Fulberry scarf. I got it StarCast a couple of years ago. So, you know, look, I just have to acknowledge when someone is better than me. And the thing is, when it comes to MJF, I know it.
0: He's better than most of us, that's for sure. <laughs> Salt of the earth. <laughs> Salt of the earth, baby. All right, we're going to move on to this past Saturday night. Rocket Pro Wrestling presented the Shamrock Showdown, St. Joe's Park in Joliet. SOO signs went out early for this one. And it was a hell of a show. So, Pat, go
2: ahead and just walk us through the event. Yeah, so uh, the show started with Rheon Skills coming to the ring after he turned on Maximus Orion during Rheon Skills Appreciation at the last show. He said everybody was asking him why, Rheon, why? And he just encouraged people to go listen to the Power Hour and JFW for his answer, and then tried mocking Maximus Orion by singing his theme, uh, which I will say I heard a couple of chants for Freebird, Freebird as he was singing it. But clearly didn't sing Freebird. He was just so focused on Maximus Orion. Uh, Maximus Orion came out a few moments later and there was a brawl. They were pulled apart. Rion hit him with a splash into the corner and, and they just had to be pulled apart. And we'll get back to them later on. First, we had the fatal four-way between Axel Rico, Eric Schultz, Shaq Jordan, and Ryan Matthews. The Ryan Matthews, in fact. During the match, Aaron Stone ran off Ryan Matthews and hit Schultz with his uh, newly reacquired Rocket to the Top briefcase. Uh, Axel Rico defeated Eric Schultz after getting Shaq Jordan out of the ring. So Shaq and the Ryan Matthews were not a factor into the decision. Next, we had the Outer Limits Championship on the line. Uh, Rico Flash Harris versus Gunnar Brave. And Gunnar Brave defeated Flash by TKO to retain the Outer Limits title. Gunnar Brave choked out Flash. And then we had more no-coast drama. And while we are happy that we have paid the ransom of a ton of hard Mountain Dew to return, get the return of Chuck Gunderson, um, who had, was not a, at the show as he was recovering from his kidnapping at the hospital, we had Joey Blues versus DC Shaw. Joey Blues defeated Shaw by disqualification after a frustrated Trevin Wolf came into the ring and hit an F5 on Joey. So lots of hard-hitting action to start the show. We had next Johnny Nye versus Damien DeShay. The criteria that if Deshayne defeated Johnny Nye, then the those damn Coyotes would get a title shot again for the tag team titles. And Deshayne was able to pick up the victory with a roll-up on Johnny Nye. Uh, after the match, Nye and Damian Gray argued in the ring. And then following this was the massively anticipated grudge match between Buck Nasty, Bucky Collins, and Christian Rose in an amazing match. There was a point where the fans started chanting uh, for Christian Rose to twist Bucky Collins' nipples and uh, managed to do it, and threw him by his nipples out of the corner, which prompted a holy shit chant. That was a highlight for us. But in the end, uh, Bucky Collins won by countout after fighting Christian Rose to the back and beating him back into the ring before the 10 count. Coming back from intermission, we had Maximus Orion and Rheon Skills brawling all throughout the arena, just complete pandemonium They were then interrupted from their brawl by General Manager Damian Saint, deciding to make a contract signing for a last-man-standing match for kicks on 66 between Maximus and Rion. So this contract signing will take place at the next show spring break on April 15th. After this, we had Turtle and the Hot Rod Daddy Andy versus Damian Gray and Kevin Cade. With Cactus Rack in the corner as sort of a neutralizer between the two teams running off Johnny or Joey Roth and Roxy Hart, uh, Turtle and Hot Rod defeated Damian Gray and Kevin Cade. Turtle pinned Kevin Cade after, and around ringside, Damian Gray just threw a fit, which, again, you've seen Damian Gray. That's really no shock for old school cool to act like that. Yep. Following this, we had the final level defeating Youth Gone Wild in a great tag match with a super kick into an M80 finishing the match. And then we had the first of the double main event, which is actually kind of interesting how this all happened. We had J-Beck, the paycheck who came out to Aya the Tiger and ready to throw down with Ruthless Rock and Rivera now, ruthless Rock and Rivera Pilmanized Jay Beck's leg, causing a disqualification. Jay Beck had to be helped out to the back. Following the match, Aaron Stone came out and attacked Rock and Rivera with a chair. So then, which led to Damian Same coming out to make a match between Rock and Rivera and Aaron Stone. Aaron Stone defeated Rock and Rivera with an airplane spin slam. Now, before we reach the other part of the double main event, we had the Idols grabbing Shelly and Steve and bringing them to the ring. Steve was being held in the corner by Kevin Cade, and Roxy had Shelly in the chokehold in the other corner. Joey Roth picked up a chair and was about to strike Shelly with it, but Steve escaped from Kevin Cade and threw himself in front of Shelly to take the chair shot. The Idols be- then began beating the crap out of Steve, and it looks like where they were about to break Steve's ankle, uh KP from management came into the ring. And I just want to stress I know KP, he is a laid back, chill guy, but for him to come out as angry as he was at the attack on the commentary team at the hands of the idols, it tells you how much how far they went. Yeah. KP threw Damian Gray out of the ring, took down Kevin Cade. And nye with a vicious double clothesline, and then gave flash the stunner, leaving Joey Roth and KP in the ring. KP took the chair and was wrapped around Steve's leg and was about to strike Joey with it until Roxy came out from behind and gave KP a low blow. Damian Gray then got back in the ring and choked out KP with his bat until he passed out. With Shelley, Steve, and KP all. Laid out in the ring, the idols stood tall and left them laying. Refs and other wrestlers had to come from the back and get them out of the ring, and they were helped to the back. So right before the main event, a complete cluster you-know-what. Not one we can blame no coast on, but we'll blame the idols for that. And lastly, but not least, the clear match of the night between Joey, Jet, Avalon debuting for a Rocket Pro Wrestling versus Quinn Wittick. For the RPW championship, there was a springboard cutter onto the referee who was dazed towards the end of the match. There was crowbar shenanigans. There were shovels. And in the end, lots of near falls, lots of close calls with victory for both men. But in the end, Quinn Whittock retained over Joey Jet Avalon. And that was Shamrock Showdown.
0: Now uh... Quick question for you. If you had to deal with the crowbar or the shovel, which one do you think would be more dangerous? I know my answer on this
2: one. Well, um, it's actually a good question. I mean, personally, I'd rather not get hit with either. But if there was one I would prefer not to get hit with more, it's that crowbar. Really? I mean, the shovel is, you know, bigger. It's a heavier instrument. But... That crowbar can cause a lot of damage, and you can see the way that it's come into play um, in Quinn Wittick's title run so far, so I would hate to be on the receiving end of that.
0: I just think it depends on where you hit him with it, too. If it's like the back of your knee real quick or something like that, yeah, then I think the crowbar is pretty dangerous.
2: Oh, yeah, and I mean, he knows how to use that crowbar, so personally, I'd rather not be on the receiving end of it from Quinn
0: Looking for an expert opinion on this PX. Now, with the idols running roughshod over the announced team and KP, does this maybe make KP so pissed off that he comes back and, like, we want to regain control of this company. We want to beat the idols' ass. We want Jamie saying out. Do you, th- do you think something like that might be coming down in the next couple of months?
2: Well, I mean, that does remain to be seen, but I don't know if you had seen the promo that was put out. Um, with Shelly and Steve talking in the back. Um, Steve, I have never seen Steve that angry. Talking to Shelly about just what they're going to do next, throws down a water bottle that explodes all over the place and then gets up from his chair, throws it against the wall. I have never seen Steve that pissed off. Uh, and I think this is the point where the idols, and especially Joey Roth have crossed the line and you know i again like i like i would hate to be on the receiving end of the crowbar but also i love steve and i'd hate to be on the receiving end of steve aaron
0: i'll tell you i've known steve for a long time like three four five years great guy great ambassador to local professional wrestling but yeah you don't want to you don't want to get on his bad side either i mean you really don't
2: certainly not certainly not and i think that uh You know, there's that phrase, screw around and find out. The idols have screwed around, and, you know, I guess we'll have to see if they're going to find out.
0: All right, PX, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you at Rocket Pro down the line.
2: Sounds great. And be sure to follow the lovely Intoxicated Men on Facebook to see what other shenanigans and tomfoolery that we are doing at Rocket Pro Wrestling.
0: Moving on to POW Entertainment, and that was this past Saturday night, March the 4th, Slam Fest took place at the American Legion Post 703, the Drop Zone Bar in Fox Lake, and these results courtesy of friend of the show, Jimmy Blaze. Now, Jimmy Blaze opened the show telling everyone he was hurt at his job, and had a small tear in his bicep so he wasn't rustling on the evening. And then we moved on to the card where Mason Perks defeated Tommy McCobb. The Bone Daddies of Trog and Moondog Murray defeated BMI when... Mike Idol slapped Jamie Race and left him all alone to fight. Now, BMI having some issues lately and Joey Roth has been absent at a lot of these POW shows recently. He's been down at Rocket Pro doing his thing there. And it seems like BMI is starting to slip a little bit without the leadership and guidance of Joey Roth. And then we had Sean Priest defeating Acid Jazz and Mateo Valentine in a three-way match. In a handicap match, we had Scott Spade and Tiny defeating Eric Freedom by disqualification when Jimmy Blaze ended up low-blowing Tiny. Was Jimmy Blaze playing Possum to perhaps get one up on Scott Spade and Tiny? Maybe, but we'll see. And then we had the POW Midwestern Championship. Kazile retains by defeating his real-life father, Trevor Blanchard. And the Bad Cartel adds mass marauder to their stable, and he ended up taking an injured Ruthless Ramon's place in the POW Tag Team Championship match where the Bad Ombre Cartel retained the title over Irish Pub Army with the help of the injured Ruthless Ramon. And then we had Mateo Valentine bouncing back to win the Keys to the Kingdom Qualifier Royal. He'll have a chance maybe to get back into that championship mix. And for your POW Entertainment Championship Hunter Payne defeats the Bearded Bruiser Max Holliday to win the title. So congratulations to Hunter Payne as he's the new POW champion. And Northland Pro Wrestling had their show, Premonition, this past Saturday night, March the 4th, in Woodstock. All-heel wrestling once again made a presence at the show. Damian Walker, son of all-heel wrestling owner King Torch, confronts Northland owner, the trademark, And then Cody James attacks Damien from behind and ends up shoving skewers into his forehead. Ooh, this is really going to come to a head at All Heel Wrestling's March of War on March the 19th. And that's going to be really, really interesting. Coming up this week, we have on Thursday night, PWX is Power Hour in Streeter. And also Thursday night, March the 9th in Chicago. Freelance Wrestling presents Chai City at the Emporium Arcade Bar in Logan Square. 8 o'clock start. And we have Freelance World Champion Storm Grayson will be in action. They have yet to announce his opponent, but he will be there. And then we have the Freelance Legacy Championship where Brian Keith defends against Cole Radrick. Freelance Tag Team Championships see the Bang Bros defend against the Voros Twins. And in another featured match, we have Craig Mitchell against Carlos Romo. Tag Team Action sees GPA and Laney Luck against Chico Suave and Angel Escalera. And Isaias Velasquez takes on Coda Hernandez. And in the traditional freelance scramble, we have Lobo Okami, Shane Mercer, Saban Gage, Aaron Payne, Sort of Incredible Iverson, and Blair Onyx going at it. Friday night, March the 10th, we have Dynamic Wrestling Alliances March into Madness at North and Maple and Tinley Park. Also Friday night, March the 10th, we cross the border into Wisconsin. SSW presents Horsepower at the Mahone Middle School in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And we have Jordan Cross versus EC3 in the main event. CBS 58 Milwaukee's Iron Mike Kirkoff tag teams with the Fanny Pack Kid Cal Hero against opponents to be determined, and as announced by last week's Windy City Slam podcast guest Jordan Cross, it will be TW3 versus Psycho Boy Fodder. Other talent on the show includes an appearance from former WWE superstar Doug Basham, SSW champion John Fate, ice pick Vic Capri, Ryan Cross, Dave Rydell, the Mayan mauler Drew Hernandez, and the heroes of our time, Mason Conrad and Joey Marks. And for tickets to this show, go to snssupershow.com And check out recent Windy City Slam podcasts with both Jordan Cross and Iron Mike Kirkhoff for more on this great event. Also Friday night, March the 10th, Across the border, it's Brew City Wrestling, Suplexes, and Shamrocks in Waukesha. Main event, the BCW champion, Big John Crowley, defends against Stacey Shadows, and that's a rematch from last month's show, where Crowley won the championship. Moving on to Saturday, March the 11th, Freelance Wrestling Academy presents a special student show, Something to Prove. At the Academy at 3800 North Milwaukee on the northwest side of Chicago, 3 p.m. Bell, and we have the freelance wrestling tag team champions, the Bang Bros, defending against Sky's the Limit of Xavier Sky and Saban Gage. And in a showcase three-way match, we have Isaias Velasquez versus Beyond Alpha Ezio Orlandi and Aaron Payne. Trevor Outlaw returns to the Academy for an open challenge. And if Outlaw loses this match. He will no longer be allowed. At the academy. And then we have. Sorta Incredible Iverson. Versus Akira Gonzalez. In a scramble match. It's Matt Nix. Versus Sean Galway. Versus Gerardo de Brecenas. Versus Hunk Cassidy. Versus Jared Lark. And Blair Onyx. And in tag team action. We have Chico Suave. And Angel Escalera. Versus the team known as on-site That's. Nick Cotis and Aries Creed and one half of pick and pop Cota Hernandez faces off against Robbie Reeves. Also Saturday night, March 11th, Wrestle league is in Homewood, all-star Lucha Libre, sweet home Chicago is in Berwyn. ARW's high energy is in Lake station, Indiana and up North. It's GLCW's Merrill mania three in Merrill, Wisconsin with special guest EC three. And on Sunday, it's the debut of Brave Championship Wrestling in Crown Point, Indiana. And also on Sunday, it's Lucha Libre Total at the Berwyn Eagles Club and Gali Lucha Libre in Villa Park. All right, coming up in mere moments, one-man dynasty Darius Luttrell, Prince 100 Coda Hernandez, the freelance underground tag team champions, pick and pop. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters. Do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Brand new SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Brass Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast, Mike Pankow. You are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Back on Windy City Slam podcast, and we have two special guests this week. They are one of the hottest tag teams in the Midwest, freelance underground tag team champions, One Man Dynasty, Darius Luttrell, Prince 100, Coder Hernandez, Pick and Pop. Guys, how you doing?
1: Uh, first correction, uh, not one of the hottest tag teams. The the hottest tag team in the Midwest, the one and only. I think we're good. I'm good. Koda, are you good?
3: I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm doing my deal, doing my deal. No no rest so far, so I'm doing pretty good. You know what I'm saying?
1: No
0: Congratulations on surpassing six months as freelance underground tag team champions. You guys defeated the veteran team of the Brothers of Construction last August in Barton. So what was that moment for you guys as a team? Oh,
1: man. That moment. Um... I mean, I guess you could just say, like, you know, when you train for something, you know, you never really know. You have, like, ideas in your mind about where you're trying to go. And Obviously, you know, in this business, championships are not supposed to mean a lot. But also, they do mean something because it's kind of like validation. So, set out these goals two years ago when we decided to tag together. And I think winning a championship or tag team titles together just – puts a stamp on the hard work that we have put in so far
3: so yeah kind of going off what Darius said there I mean like you know a lot of times it's hard people didn't really think we would get there because you know they see us too and they're like they're not really going to achieve much and if we get there it's kind of taking that slap in the face to them being like yeah now how do you see us we work in here we doing our thing so
0: Professional wrestling can be pretty strange sometimes. And and a match with the Brothers of Construction is definitely something strange and unique. So what's it like to get in the ring with those guys, especially with the clown gimmick?
3: Messy. <laughs> Super messy. I've never been force fed popcorn in my whole life. And I'm not a of big of a popcorn fan, but you know, if you remember we're in a prison yards rule match with uh with the cocoa buffs. So I mean mm-hmm. We're used, to, we're used to messy, so it was good.
1: I'm actually jealous about the popcorn. I don't like seeing popcorn being waste because it's like my number one favorite snack in the world. You know, I was actually a little jealous. Mm. You know, also a little upset that they waste all that popcorn in the world. Well, like perfectly good popcorn that could have been ate. A lot, lot of popcorn. Mm-hmm.
0: Throw, a, throw a pinch of salt on it, a little bit of butter, and there you go. I got a full-time snack. for A lot, a uh, lot of
1: butter. A lot of butter.
0: Yeah, you're right. A lot of butter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> baby oil. Oh, there's butter all over me. No baby oil needed, just butter from popcorn.
0: <laughs> you guys mentioned the match against the Cocoa Buffs. So that was at Freelance Underground about a year and a half or so ago. And that was a really enjoyable match, too. I was right there for that. And everybody had to like duck and all that stuff. And, uh, what was that experience like against, against Marche and Acid Jazz?
1: I mean, you got two vets, two people that's really respected in Chicago. And obviously we had our beef with them for a certain amount of time. But you can't deny uh, the work that they put in Chicago and just in the Midwest as well. So just being able to have those, that type of match is just – it just brings you to a, a different level of focus, a different level of thinking, uh, a different mindset, because you never know what could happen. Like you saw the type of things that was coming from under that apron—food trays, kendo sticks—that was, you know, the first time I got hit with a foreign object. So, you know, it's just being put into into deep waters, basically, into an unfamiliar uh, situation. As far as wrestling is concerned, but you know our backgrounds prepared us for for things like that. But it's different when you are highlighting highlighting that type of violence instead of just trying to survive in the neighborhoods that we came from.
3: Exactly, one of like uh, what it is is you know when you got kind of the the old heads on the block and you got the youngins in the block. Sometimes they don't really you know mix very well, and it's kind of one of those things where. There's respect there, but there's also a point where one of us is going to take over this block, and you know we had to prove our point and show that we're not we're not to be messed with. And obviously, you can tell after that. Look where we are now. So,
1: all right.
0: So let's rewind the clock a little bit. Do you guys recall the first time you guys met? I assume it was over at the Freelance Wrestling Academy, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What was it like? I guess I feel like we all talked. Like, all the students talk, but um, I think, like, Coda came in kind of after the original class started training. So anybody that came in after that, we just kind of, you know, had those conversations. But I don't think we really started talking until we decided that we wanted to, to tag. And we had that match against Marche and Jazz. So I think that's really where our personal relationship started to to build.
3: Yeah, I think I met you guys when you were at uh, Berlin, I think. When you guys first went mm-hmm. to Berlin, that's when I first showed up. When you guys were taking a break from PW, uh, pro wrestling teas, you guys were at Berlin. But yeah, I mean, like, yep. I'm, I'm a loner at heart. So it's kind of hard for me to come into these new people and kind of, you know, start talking to them. And yeah, we, I mean, a dog can yeah. smell a dog from a mile away. So I already knew what theirs was about.
1: Yeah, and I was just about to say that too. I remember, I remember we were doing a few drills, and I remember I just paying attention to you. I think you were in there with Kylie, and we were doing just some different, some different things. And I was like, okay, this guy, he he, he has something. You know, he has. Uh, he also has like a different attitude about him because, you know, any drill that we, we would we would do, he would make it his make it his his own, and he wasn't trying to be like everybody else. And you know, that's what I'm about as well. Like. Anytime you see me at training, once I figure out what we're doing, uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, what would Darius do in this situation, not what a student that's training would do. Because that's really how you get comfortable with it. Like, once you know you can do it, now you're trying to figure out how to do it yourself the way you want to do it. And he had a lot of that, too. So I think that's where that connection kind of started happening.
0: Whose idea was it to have you guys team up?
1: James Russo. had to be James and possibly uh, Isaiah.
0: Mm-hmm. Got a couple of wrestling geniuses there. Uh, James is really good with the creative stuff. And uh, obviously, Isaiah is amazing with pretty much anything he does.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to take a second right now to, uh, to bury James Russo right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been two years, James, two years we had this conversation. On Facebook, so everyone saw it, you said that you were going to get me a copy of every 007 movie from the beginning up until now. And I still have not received my copy. And I just want to say that my heart breaks to know that you're not a man of your word. You're not a man of your word.
3: Yeah, James, give them 007 copies. What you talking about? It's okay. I'll steal, I'll steal one for him. I'll steal one for him because obviously James Russo can't get it for him. I mean, I feel like the chemistry just came from like us just like trying stuff, and not really caring like if it worked or not. Like we were just doing stuff for the sake of, you know, we're gonna put these guys down. I mean, it's kind of it was kind of hard like in the beginning. I mean, it's not easy at all because in the, the day. But as our relationship grew, it became easier to figure out what we're doing. You know, you kind of learn each other, kind of figure out what you're doing, and from there it's like you start building up this repertoire and like you get reps, reps, reps of figuring out the timing of each other. And now it's like, now we actually got it down. We get understand each other, exactly what we're looking to do. So that's what kind of helped us grow is like as relationship grew, I mean the in-ring stuff grew.
1: Yeah. And I was also saying like, you know, when you expect one thing and another outcome happens, you know, like I, I'm sure this is not what we expected when we, first started training or when we first met each other to actually tag, but I appreciate the, the journey that we've been on because it was a, I guess you can say an unlikely pairing. Like you can see some tag teams, even when they first start out, you know, you can see like, oh, they, they are meant to, to be together. Right. Uh, They probably have like the same style. They have, you know, a connection they probably probably already had a friendship for so many years. But when you see us, you know, probably like, oh, does it make sense at first? But I think our first match, like we did better than we thought we would as far as getting over with the crowd. And that was just our first time. But every match we elevated. And I think you've seen proof of that. In different places, I think with the few with the Bang Bros and uh, the Take It Home records, with the few with Marché and Jazz, the ladder match, the prison yard match, winning the tag team titles, right? Different things in different areas too, not just with the in-ring wrestling moves, the stuff that we do with our characters, finding ways for our character to jail as well, and just interacting with the crowd. You know, we want to we want to put in all aspects of the things that we do.
3: I mean, we got our name by accident. Like, we didn't even have our name. I just put just put up a Twitter post, and then when we teamed again, they're like, you guys have a tag name, right? And I was like, no. They're like, you posted one on Twitter. I'm like, no, I didn't. I mean, like, Pick and Pop was just a joke I put on Twitter, and then everyone assumed that was our tag name. I mean, and then we accidentally had Black and Red Gear together, which was completely not
1: planned. Right,
0: that's so cool. I didn't realize that's how it became, became a part of the name there, uh, just kind of throwing something out there on Twitter. That was kind of cool. <laughs> All right. You talked about chemistry, and it kind of comes out, too, in some of the video vignettes that you guys have done, the promos you've done on, on, like, Instagram or Twitter. We did the videos and put those up. Those were really cool. So who came up with some of those ideas?
3: Darius. He's the uh... – He's the creative behind the, the vignettes. He's the <laughs> creative. He went to school. So, uh, you know, he got the <laughs> application. Uh, so he got the creative mind behind that stuff. And, you know, it's it. it looks amazing. So
0: yeah, some really good stuff. You guys out in the park and all that. And sometimes in the alleyway or whatever, some really good uh, stuff. So check out their uh, Instagram and Twitter like, for some of their past stuff. It's really, really good at One Man Dynasty, and then uh, we'll get into the whole um, Twitters at the end and all that, too. So good stuff from pick and pop in terms of pre-match promos and stuff like that. It kind of gets you hyped up for some of the great matches that you guys have had.
1: And we'll have more coming soon as well. You know, we want to make sure anybody that sees us knows us because we like to put story into all of our all of our matches if, if we can. Like I'm sure we like we saw we have like dream matches, but anything we do, we just want to like make sure you know where we're coming from at all times.
0: Now, you mentioned those guys a little bit ago, the Bang Bros. And they're they're the other main tag team right now with you guys in freelance and freelance underground. So what is your rivalry like with them, both like at the training facility and in the ring?
3: I mean what, with the oh. ba- kind of like as the end the day, it came up to do me and this is to be second behind the bang bros. Because everyone's talking about them. Everyone gave them their credit. Everyone called them the Freelance Academy top tag team. And, you know, when you keep hearing that, it kind of puts a chip on your shoulder. And that's where it kind of came from because we were cool. We were, we were all friends. But it came to a point where you got to put the friendship aside and you got to either pick yourself or the friendship. And I wasn't even going to be second to anyone. Darius has never been second to anyone, not in the court or uh, anywhere else. So uh, we came to a point where we put the respect to the side and we got to, you know, put up your, uh, put on your fucking, you know, put up your knuckles and you got to fight at this point. That's exactly what we did. We started going with them and, you know, we butted heads and yeah, they're freelance tag team champions. That's cool. We're freelance underground tag team champions Will there be a last time we probably butt heads with each other? No, because at the end of the day, we want those titles and they probably want ours still. So they can come for them or we can come for them. Either way, I we mean, ain't we ain't stepping down to them just because of the bang bros.
1: Yeah, their time is their time is coming. Like yeah, they 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 got one up on us last year. Uh, they became the freelance tag team champions, which is fine. Congrats to them. You know, you, I guess you could say. Uh, when I compared tag teams earlier who had chemistry right off, they did. Like, Davey Bang and August Matthews, they were made for each other. And it showed, right? But now, you know, they've been having their time in the spotlight. We've been getting our time in the spotlight. And eventually, those roads are going to have to meet again. And the story is not going to end the same way that it did uh, the last time that we were in the ring together. So that's all I'm going to say about that.
3: They've technically only beat us once. We've only had one 2 2 tag match. The rest have been triple threats. So they've only beat us once, technically.
0: So freelance wrestling environment is so much fun with those shows at LSA being sold out, super loud and all that. So to you guys, what is the freelance environment like compared to some of the other shows you guys do?
3: Pair freelance, the freelance crowd to like if you're in the yard, right? Like, if you're in the yard, there's a lot of noise going on, a lot of banging, a lot of shouting, a lot of screaming. That's exactly what the, the freelance audience is like, you know? You hear them shouting, you hear them screaming. They're going to make sure they're heard. They're going to cheer. They're going to boo. It's loud. It's a good environment. Compared to other places, I'm not saying no got that, but freelance seems like a lot of people just coming to have a good time, be entertained. And maybe other places, more about the wrestling you put out than, you know, the uh, the actual in-ring stuff now. If I was to just go out there and shank someone at Freelance, I'm pretty sure no one's going to call the cops. They're going to kind of cheer and yell and go. But if it was anywhere else, you know, we might have a problem. So that's kind of what I feel like when I, when I hear about the Freelance scrub.
1: Yeah, Freelance, they are just there to have a good time. Um, but they love everything, right? And I think that's just a good thing about us that, you know, when you see us in the ring, uh, you are going to get our characters. You're going to get different variations of us but at the same time if we really wanted to go the super indie route and, and just put on that that I guess banger that people love to see at Freelance as well it can happen and you know I think we're just also waiting for that opportunity to show that side of us as well like you, you've you seen glimpse of it obviously when we've had matches with the Bangros uh, but there's a lot more that we just kind of keep under our sleeves for right now.
0: You guys have worked second wrestling quite a bit as well. And every time I've seen you guys there, there is some sort of goofy or unusual element to the match. You guys faced Swaggle a couple of weeks ago, and we had that great Darius stare down with Swaggle. Of course, Darius Darius is about two feet or uh, two and a half feet taller than Swaggle. And then you were also involved in a tag team match with former WWE superstar Zach Allen. So What's your experience been like with Second Wrestling and their shows?
1: Oh, Second is great. We haven't had the best success there right now, but Second is just a great environment, great locker room. But we are now trying to push push forward to get some victories over there because as a tag team, we have not won over there yet. We've lost twice to Swaggle and um, the tag team partners that he has had. Uh, I think that's starting to uh, arch nemesis of mine uh, is the third, t- third encounter I've had with him. And next time he won't be so lucky. Um, but yeah, we're pushing forward uh, to try to get some victories over there, but it's a fun place to work.
3: We will beat Swaggle one day. I'm guaranteeing it. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of always going to second and just has a new tag partner. He just wants to, to come in and then he's biting my big man's butt over here biting his finger. Man's got bite marks all over him. And he's oh, yeah. bit.
0: Okay, so let's move on to uh something other than Swaggle. Coda, I'm gonna turn to you a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about you since we had Darius on solo previously. You seem to have some Eddie Guerrero influence to your style. Is that an accurate assessment?
3: Oh yeah, that's uh that's my goat. That's the uh that's the greatest of all time for me. That's honestly the I got the lying, of cheating, and stealing from him, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it's on purpose for sure.
0: Yeah, even some of the uh, maneuvers you employ during a match, I'm like, oh, that little uh, little flipping uh, senton splash from the uh, springboard from the apron, that yeah. reminds me of Eddie as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. I call it the Eddie. It's 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 uh, what it is, man. That's uh that's my guy. I do the three amigos now. I call it the three Pete. Shout out to the Bulls Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's growing up as a you know Hispanic kid, seeing uh, Eddie Guerrero. I mean, like yeah, there's Rey Mysterio too, but Eddie was my guy. You know, seeing him be champion, all that stuff, or, it just made me feel like you know that's that's the guy to me.
0: You mentioned Eddie obviously, and then you just threw out Rey Mysterio's name. Is there anyone else who inspired you to get in the business?
3: Honestly, so I was a huge TNA guy. Like, I was a huge, like, wrestling in general. Like, I watched everything, like, TNA, a lot of ROH. So, like, Homicide, and then when LAX came, LAX, I mean, you got guys from, like, even, like, when Lucha Underground came out, a lot of Lucha Underground guys were kind of really, like, getting me into wrestling. But I would say Eddie Ray, Shawn Michaels are really just the guys that I watched, and I was like, yeah. And then later on, Daniel Bryan, for sure, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: I can definitely see a lot of your traits coming from some of those guys, too. Uh, yeah. That's a great group. Yeah, yeah. You guys are just an awesome tag team, but both of you guys have shown some great potential as singles guys as well. At the end of the day, are you guys looking for more singles opportunities? Or if the right place came calling, would you sign in as a tag team? Yes.
1: Yeah. Most definitely.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm Most not – right.
3: At the end of the day, like, I'm not trying to just – This is my this is my brother right here. Like, you know, we've grown together, we've gotten, you know, opportunities together. So why would I not want to take him with me? You know, he's my ride or die, he's had my back since, you know, since I started. So why not would I want to be with him for when someone comes calling, you know?
1: Right. I mean, and there's I say there's also always room for both anyway, but you know, now that we started this journey, there's a lot of things on the list that I feel needs to be done before we even, you know, talk about, like, major, like, single runs, I guess. But we still got a lot of things that we want to accomplish. So sign-in for sure, definitely. Like, if we signed signed that as a tag team anywhere, that would be, like, another stamp that we're doing things that we're supposed to. I won't say the right way, but we're doing things our way and, you know, people respect the way we're doing things.
0: All right, Pick and Pop Darius, Coda, go ahead and let us know about your social media and whatever merchandise you have, including these dope Pick and Pop t-shirts and whatever upcoming events you got.
1: Right, Coda, you want to go first?
3: I got you. Uh, Instagram, Coda underscore Hernandez. Uh, Twitter is at Prince100Coda. PWT, Pros and it's under prince 100 Hernandez. We got the Academy show March 11th, something to prove. I'll be going against Robbie Reeves, uh, 17-year-old trainee. Kind of sucks. I got to put him down at 17. You know, he didn't get to start his career, but it is what it is. Not my fault. I didn't book it. We got March 9th in Portland. I go against Isaiah Salasquez. Uh, I call him the used-to-be ace because uh, now he's just a, a trainer at the Freelance Wrestling Academy. Not much of an ace anymore. (laughs) I think that's about it for uh,
1: upcoming events at
3: this point.
0: How about you, uh, Darius?
1: So my Instagram and Twitter are both the same at one man dynasty underscore. I do have a fan page on Facebook. Uh, You can just follow Darius Latrell. If you search it, it will pop up right now. March is pretty light for me. I might show up at the student show. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Maybe at Emporium. I may be there March night. If I do know that I will be at Black Label Pro, uh, in March on the twenty fifth, and you might catch me in California for WrestleMania weekend. Just Ooh, saying, big baller. Just saying, just throwing it out there. So uh, be looking out for that as well.
0: You got that awesome student show on Saturday, March 11th, 3 o'clock, up at the Freelance Wrestling Academy. So, what is that show going to be like for anyone who might want to check it out?
1: Can I just... Oh, man. So, I guess you can say I was the part of the first class of the Freelance Wrestling Academy. came a one month after the school opened. Maybe not even a full month. And, you know, from training in the back of pro wrestling tees to being in our own space with two rings and going from 10, 11, 12 students to maybe over 30 now. So like I said, having two rings, having our own spot from 2018 to, you know, almost five years now since the school's been open, it has changed so much. It has grew so much. And I think this student show is something that has been talked about for honestly a few years. And now that it is finally happening, to say that I am proud is is an understatement to to help Bill, right? Because obviously, you know, Mad Nix is the owner. You have to respect everything that he's done to be able to put the school in this position. Isaiah is Kylie, you know, GPA is a trainer over there now. You see all the work that they have put in as trainers, you have to respect it. But I also think from the student perspective, if we weren't out here getting the job done like we were trained to do then you can't have this show, right? Uh, because we we laid the foundation. Me, Coda, Trevor Outlaw, Davian August, uh, Alfonso Gonzalez, like all those guys that you've been seeing over the last few years, you know, being able to have this success and being able to be put in position to have uh, high caliber matches when people may have wanted bigger names. And Freelance has been giving us the chance to show our talents in places like Black Label Pro and Burr and Championship Wrestling and Second Wrestling and any other place that you've seen people from Freelance. So if the students had not proven our worth, then, you know, it would have been a bad reputation for the school. So now that you have all these kids coming up under us, you get to see them before they even step foot through that Freelance curtain whether it be for a scramble, whether it be for a pre-show or anything like that. But, you know, now we have this show and all of the vets, I won't, well, I guess we're not vets, but, and as it relates to the school, all of the OGs of the schools. now we have to whoop on these kids, you know, and show them that it's not as easy as you think. You know, you know, we didn't have all this luxury when the school first started. You know, we didn't have the luxury of the when we paid our dues, the 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 ring being set up on the roof already, and you don't have to climb all the stairs to Logan, bring in side rails for eighteen by eighteen foot rings, you know. We did that. We made that way for you guys to have it a little bit easier. So, you know, now we gotta whoop on y'all to show y'all what that what that's really about because the game is way different than practice.
3: I mean at the end the the, the show name kind of speaks for itself, something to prove, right? No offense to these kids. Actually, no, you know what? Offense to these kids. I they didn't prove anything to me. I don't give any respect if I don't feel like I need to give it to them. That's exactly what the show name's called. Prove something to me. Prove to me why you deserve my respect of all people. Prove to me why you think you deserve a spot in my show. Because at the end of the day, I'm not letting you take my spot. You ain't coming close to taking my spot. If you get in arm's reach of my spot, I will stab you in the stomach. If you get in reach of Darius's spot, I will stab you in the back. At the end of the day, the show's name is something to prove, and if these kids don't prove it, that's on them. And this is me saying it. Ain't no one gonna make their name off of my name or off my big man Darius's name over here. So, prove to us why you think you're on our level.
1: I, I just say this, too, like, because I'm a little bit nicer than Coda. I am nicer. So if you, survive, if you can survive the matches, then you will have somewhat of my respect. Because the question is, is like, you know, what is Robbie Reed going to do when Coda starts to to put that street mentality on him? What is the team going to do when Davy and August starts speeding up the pace in the match? You know, I am the big man of Freelance Wrestling Academy who's really, really ready for that type of challenge. When Trevor Allo gets on that mic, who can be rooted in him? No one. Who can be dirtier than him? No one. You know, not at least not anyone under us. So, but we'll see. We'll see who has the potential. That's all.
0: That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Freelance Wrestling Academy, something to prove that Saturday afternoon, March the 11th, up at the Freelance Wrestling Academy on the northwest side of Chicago. Plus, if you want to catch more freelance action, you catch Freelance Wrestling at the Emporium on um, Thursday night, March the 9th. And Freelance Underground returns to Joliet on Saturday, April the 8th. So you'll get your chance to see Coda Hernandez. You'll get your chance to see the one-man dynasty to the Troll. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show, and good luck in your future.
3: Appreciate Amen. it. Appreciate the love, man.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us. We definitely appreciate it.
0: Great conversation with Pick and Pop. And you're going to see... This great team just do bigger and better things as time goes on. And they are your current freelance underground tag team champions. And the next freelance underground show is April the 8th in Joliet. I assume that they will be making their next title defense at that show. And you'll also get to see Coda Hernandez at a few shows this weekend, including the freelance wrestling Emporium show and then the student show on Saturday. And he's also working Wrestle League, so Coda is keeping himself busy. Great to talk to both Coda and Darius this week. Alright, next week we're going to recap Freelance at the Emporium, SSW's Horsepower, among other local events. And we're going to preview another big Chicago-style wrestling show coming up, plus POW and all-heel wrestling. And our special guest, we welcome a wrestler who has competed in places such as Chicago-style wrestling, Power entertainment rockford damage incorporated and he is the number one contender to all heel wrestling's world championship he's the dog face bastard moondog greg murray and he'll be joining us right here next week on windy city slam podcast so long everybody